the podcast for women in film and television. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the WIFT Austin podcast. I'm Kelly Coffey, and today we have the pleasure to speak with Texas Film Commissioner Stephanie Whalen and Deputy Commissioner Lindsay Ashley. Since 1971, the Texas Film Commission has served as a public resource for film, television, commercial, animation, visual effects, video games, and extended reality industries of Texas, ensuring that the Lone Star State remains a premier production destination across all media industries. Their knowledgeable staff connects creative media and filmmakers to Texas's diverse locations, ever-expanding workforce, support services, and information on the state's film production incentive programs. They've advised and offered support for every size production from the major studio blockbuster to the emerging indie student films, and they are now celebrating their 50th anniversary as an organization. So please join me in welcoming Stephanie and Lindsay of the Texas Film Commission. How are you ladies today? We're great. Thank you for having us. Fabulous. Yes, thank you so much. No, we're excited to, to do this. Um, you don't get a 50th anniversary very often. So the, the more things we can do to talk about the great work that our Texas industries do, as well as the resources our office provides, we are happy to talk. So um, we'll start with Stephanie. How long have you been in this position? And uh, what is your background and how did you, you know, land the film commissioner of Texas? Sure. Lindsay and I essentially started on the same day in our current job. So we were hired and started September 1st of 2018. So we're coming up on three years. I can't believe it's been three years. But prior to that, I've I've been with the Film Commission since 2011 officially, but I started working in the fall of 2010 as a contract hire. And I started in the incentive department and sort of was an auditor and then became the program manager and then um, now director. So I just hit my 10 years with (laughs) the Film Commission in February. Um, My background, is I went to film school. I have a master's of fine arts in film production from the graduate film program at Columbia University. So I went to film school and then worked in the trenches as a production accountant. One of my professors in film school was a producer for some larger films like Gangs of New York. And he, um, late, he introduced some of the students to work on productions that he was producing. So. I got hired on through the accounting department and learned from the ground up how to process extras, vouchers, and then worked as a production accountant for a long time and freelancer and um, in New York and then moved to Los Angeles and worked in LA, mostly at Warner Brothers on Warner Brothers movies, but sort of, uh, so I've been on the freelance side and then in between films, one summer, I came to Austin to teach screenwriting and hang out with friends and kind of ended up staying in the way these sorts of things happen. And um, I got my job at the Film Commission and the rest is sort of history. Wow, you came to Austin and loved it. <laughs> yeah, I did, like most people. That's most but I feel story. like I've been here over a decade, so hopefully I've earned my stripes by <laughs> Honorary Texan. Honorary Texan, right on. And Lindsay, how about you? 
I, uh, yes, like Stephanie said, she and I moved into these leadership positions about three years ago. I've been at the film office, though, since 2005. So it's been a very fun and exciting journey, and I've worn several different hats. I started off in our marketing department, um, helping to publish our production directory, and that was kind of an education in and of itself as far as getting to know who's who and the crew and the vendors and all the small businesses and resources for all of the productions that come through. And then I moved over to a department that really interested me, um, our production department. I had studied production design in college and I was really interested. The Film Commission kind of taught me about locations and location scouting. And when a job in the production department became available, they asked me to join the team. So I was really excited about that. So I worked in our production department for 12, 13 years and then, you know, moved into leadership. But prior to working at the Film Commission, I was uh, working on independent films and commercials here in the Austin area, scouting locations and also working in art departments. And I did go to school here in Austin at UT. I'm a Texas Longhorn radio television film department. Mm -hmm. So I've essentially been here in Texas my entire adult life. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, hook them horns. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, for our listeners who don't know, explain what the Film Commission is and what they do for the general public. Sure. The Texas Film Commission, uh, like you mentioned, been around since 1971, and we are here to encourage, promote, assist, and develop the media production industries here in the state. So we oftentimes have a lot of calls with projects that are just thinking about working here in Texas um, from all the different sectors, like you mentioned earlier on, film, TV, commercial, video game, animation, all of the extended reality industries as well digital media. And we have three main departments. And through those three departments, we work to kind of help lift up all these projects through different parts of production. We do have our production department, like I mentioned, location scouting, permitting assistance. We have a really great program called the Film Friendly Texas Program, and that helps to partner productions with community representatives. We have over 150 certified Film Friendly Texas communities, and that program is alive and well, and that's housed out of our production department. Our incentives department helps to get the word out about our grant program, and they will walk projects through the application process, the acceptance process, the submission and audit process. And we also have a media production development zone program, which is a sales and use tax exemption and for uh, infrastructure development. And so that's another incentive that's becoming more popular, but not quite as popular as TMIP, like we call it. And then we have our marketing services. 
our marketing team manages our website, all of our social media, our film festival partnerships, sponsorships. They oversee our production directory, which is all online these days. So our database of crew people and vendors. They also manage our job hotline for casting and crew calls. And um, we have a little partnership with the Texas Archive of the Moving Image. And so that's also housed out of our marketing department. Oh, wow. Well, that was a very extensive answer. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things. Our jobs are never boring. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Stephanie, what are the uh, incentives uh, that you offer other filmmakers? Sure. Currently, what we offer, our incentive program is a grant program. And like Lindsay mentioned, we call it Team MIP for short, because to say the full name is just a tongue twister. It's the Texas Moving Image Industry Incentive Program. (laughs) So um, it is a cash grant, different from a number of other jurisdictions that have tax credits. I know a lot of times those things can be interchangeable, but they're actually not. We don't have a state income tax, so we can't offer a tax credit. Uh, So we're a cash grant. And the percentages are based on budget tiers or in-state budget tiers. So uh, the percentages of qualifying projects could possibly qualify for is is anywhere from 5% to 22.5%. And the budget tiers go from, for film and television, the minimum in-state spending that you need to have is $250,000. So between $250,000 and a million dollars in in-state spending, the budget, the grant percentage is 5%. Uh, between a million and 3.5 million, it is 10%. And then above 3.5 million, it is 20%. There's an additional bonus percentage for filming in underutilized or economically distressed areas. So that gives you an additional 2.5% if you meet those qualifications. That that is good information to know. (laughs) And and I I would imagine that that's very useful information for especially out-of-town productions. It is. And, you know, we offer grants for not just film and TV, film, television, commercials, video games, animated projects, you name it. So it is helpful for productions that are interested either in relocating to Texas permanently or coming to Texas for our gorgeous locations to know. I think incentives tend to be competitive in different jurisdictions, but our incentive it's a cash grant, so you don't have to worry about cashing in a credit or exchanging a credit or whatnot. Okay. It's cash in your pocket, oh, wow. assuming you prove that you met all the requirements and spent the money in state and hired the residents you said you were going to. And so once you prove that you meet those requirements, we cut you a check. Wow. I think that is becoming increasingly uh, appealing to productions of all types and sizes. Right. I was going to follow up that question with how is the Texas Film Commission different from other film commissions? That's, is, that, is that one of the differences? It's definitely one of the differences in the incentive program is that we are a cash grant. Differences for the commission is that we are one of the few film commissions that's actually housed out of a government agency. We also are one of the larger film commissions 
Um, when we're fully staffed, we're 12 staffers strong, and that's quite large. Film commissions tend to be one or two people. In our experience, uh, are generally housed out of convention or visitors bureaus or as separate entities, sometimes even nonprofit organizations. So the fact that 50 years ago, the governor Preston Smith recognized that our industries had the value and impact that they do and made us part of the office of the governor. And we remain so today. Does your office decide or have any influence on the state's film incentive programs or is that solely up to the legislators for like the layman person out there? Like, is, is this something you guys decide or, does, or do the voters get a pick or is this just, is, or is this just decided by the legislators in office? It is most definitely decided by the legislature. So the program was formed by legislation in 2007. I think you're testing my program history knowledge. <laughs> you're earning um, your check so, right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, I voted into being by the legislature in 2007. It was funded, I believe, in 2008 or 2009. And then the rules that govern it uh, were created by the Office of the Governor from the legislative. There are rules and regulations laid out in the legislation and then we, we are tasked with implementing them and administering the program. And funding is determined by the legislature every two years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I will just add to that, you know, because we are in the governor's office, it's that we definitely have a lot of responsibility when it comes to collecting information as far as the kinds of projects that are coming through the state, how often, where they're going, how many people they're hiring, how much money they're spending. And so we do work alongside the legislature as far as providing them with data and information. We will oftentimes during the legislative session have individual reports that go to each of the senators and each of the representatives that kind of capture some of the business that's happened in their districts. Um, we work alongside our colleagues in economic development and tourism. They do similar reports on uh, business development that happens in the various districts. And so we certainly interact with them, but as far as when a bill becomes a law, the schoolhouse rock answer would definitely be that it's up to them. So It's just a bill. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a great answer. So um, when is the most requested service that your office offers? Like what, what, when people call up, they're like, what is the one thing that they request most often? Yeah, um, I would definitely say that's a, a little bit of a two-part question um, because, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about incentives so far and uh, kind of like in the early 2000s when incentives kind of became a, a big thing where the jurisdictions would compete with one another for business, the service requests and the trends for that kind of shifted a little bit. Traditionally and still very much today, people are looking for us to be their first stop on how do I find locations? Here's my project, you know, can I make this in your state? And it, it is kind of creative in the earliest stages. It's a very much a creative conversation. Then it starts to get a little bit more practical. Where can I find the locations I need with the crew that I need or the equipment that I need or the access to 
hotels and airports and all of those things. And, you know, we also help them with permitting and troubleshooting. And uh, our production department, the services that they provide, uh, have been a part of the Film Commission's offerings for the entire 50 years. But I would say in the last 15 or so, it's certainly shifted to an offer of assistance with financial resources. And a lot of times those requests go run parallel. Mm -hmm. We're talking to a production about what incentives may be available for their project, and we're helping them with the creative side. So we're really helping projects through all sorts of we're, we're providing a resource for projects through all the different things that they need to do to get their projects made. And sometimes for our indie projects, it can be years of working with them. So not so much hands-on, but more advice and here's point in the direction where you need to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we're definitely a resource and an information source and obviously the grant program that is an additional resource that we provide for qualifying products. But yeah, we're here as just sort of the, kind of the first stop and the the champion for their projects and the cheerleaders. Yeah. Like, how can we help support you make your project here? One of our staffers likes to say we're air traffic controlling. (laughs) (laughs) I think is a pretty good visual, you know? You, go here, talk to this person. We're avoiding collisions and we're keeping it going. Exactly. (laughs) That is a good analogy. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the most common production type here uh, that comes through Texas? And do they vary by region or do they vary by time of year? or, Or is it just a kind of a year round thing? It can be all of the above. We see all types of production and that makes us so excited, especially during legislative session when we're pulling these reports and we're like, oh my gosh, I forgot there was an ARVR project in this far remote region of the state. And we get really excited and can't wait to tell the legislator about it. We see all different project types, obviously, in our larger metroplexes. That's where sort of there tend to be hubs, crew bases and hubs. But I would say, like, in terms of just sort of television, both reality and scripted, um, as well as commercials. And I'll talk about, because I know people out there who would be listening to this are like, what about games and indie films? Those are here, too. They're all here in equal measure. But our sweet spot for the things uh, for television, uh, for larger scale projects tends to be TV. People like living in Austin. We have incredible crew bases who live here and want to keep working here. And so we're able to support television in a way that other places aren't. Other places may get sort of larger tentpole productions where people sort of zoom in, make the movie and then go. TV seems to be the thing that keeps our crews working and keeps everyone in the close-knit creative community that we continue to foster, which is also why our indie film market thrives, because we have such a good creative community that fosters making projects and people telling their stories. And that's actually one of the things when we go other places uh, to festivals or to conferences, People are always asking us, like, how do we keep our local filmmakers in town, in state? Like, we're seeing our people spread their wings and go, but you Texans seem to want to stay in Texas. 
And I think it's because our creative community is so supportive of one another. So those types of projects tend to be for the larger ones. Those are, that's that's where we really do sort of get the most attention. And to the credit of legacy shows like Friday Night Lights, who who trained their crew and fostered highly professional, yeah. renowned for their skill crew, and have those folks have gone on to train other crew members and to do other projects that they've then brought back to Texas. So that's kind of where we live, independent films always. And then for, we also have a lot of game companies. Game companies are different because they're, they have roots in the state. So they don't need to pick up and go, right? Like they're, they're housed in a state and then they're either creating their own content or they're getting hired by other publishers to then create games that they'll then release. Our gaming companies during the pandemic have been able to pivot somewhat seamlessly into remote work that they didn't really have to close down the way our production industries did because everyone was able to go and then work from home. Mm at different times of the year during different events and cycles, it really does depend on the number of projects or those sort of most popular type. Um, obviously commercial production is a staple and those projects are always ongoing. A lot of our crew members will jump on a commercial to fill in the cracks if they're not working on larger projects. And I do need to give a shout out to our commercial crew because they were on the front lines of opening back up last June and they jumped in and they figured it out. And they were some of the most generous folks in sharing what they were learning and seeing as we opened back up so that when the larger projects were able to get on their feet, they had feedback from our smaller projects that were able to help them troubleshoot or move forward and so that was really incredible to see in our community that people were willing to sort of share their knowledge so that everyone could get back up and working. Yeah, um, and I, I did too want to address the part of your question about the regions and the seasons, because this gets into the geography of it all, which is my favorite part for sure. We definitely have our crew hubs in Austin and in Dallas uh, Fort Worth is quite an emerging market. We're seeing a lot of business that's taking place there. And that's kind of nice because they're good neighbors with Dallas and they can kind of share crew and equipment and vendors. We do have really interesting pockets of resources in Houston and San Antonio. Those two cities have very distinct looks, distinct feels and distinct vibes and so they're really really good at what they do as well and we we're actually on a phone call earlier today about ways in which we can kind of help to grow the crew base that's in a place like Houston uh, you know the fourth largest city in the country and it certainly has talented crew people in the community we're just trying to get connected with them and help make it a cohesive community so those are really uh, kind of underutilized markets I will say too, as far as, you know, there's very um, iconic settings in like far West Texas. And we get people who go to the greater Big Bend region just because they've seen other movies that have shot there, even though it's an eight hour drive from central Texas and all of those resources. But, you know, as far as the seasons go, the ebbs and the flows, 
spring, fall, it's the best time of year to be filming. That's when everyone is in production. The summer is blazing hot and forget it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you know who if you is, don't like if you don't like someone, you tell them come shoot in uh, June and July. <laughs> yeah, you'll 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 sweat to death. But yeah, it'll be a great idea. But yeah, no, you, spring and autumn. That's that's all you got. It feels <laughs> like a badge of honor, I think, for our indie film community because they're like the scrappy ones who will film Mm -hmm. no matter what time of year it is because the timing is right and their talents available and they'll just make it happen and they'll buy more sunscreen and they'll get more water so they are usually in production in the summertime and uh, they definitely get points for effort on that (laughs) it's kind of a a cylindrical natural cycle of You mentioned, and I was going to segue into this earlier, but you mentioned, uh, well, about video games. In 2006, the commission created the the animation and video game liaison to focus exclusively on growing the animation community and video game industries here in Texas. So it sounds like that plan was working. It did work. I mean, and not just because we created, that position was created in 2006, because those industries are are so impactful and they've continued to grow and they continue to, to sort of be on the forefront of how we're seeing all of our different industries converge and grow and overlap more than they ever have before. And so it became clear in my time here that you know the office didn't just need one person, that everyone working here has to become and is you know, subject matter experts on all of our industries. There's probably some new technology about to break that I haven't heard of yet, but hopefully will soon. I'm always excited when I learn something new. It's usually at South by, and I'm like, why didn't I know about this? <laughs> That's what South by for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've sort of grouped it all into digital media and new technology, just so we don't have to keep listing out everything. It would take forever. But as these industries continue to grow, it's important that we we just fold them into the work and the resources that we already provided to the other sectors. And, you know, one of the things we've really been looking at is we have our Film Friendly Texas program. And how do we start to educate more of our community partners and connect them with some of our digital media partners, the way we liaise with our live action productions. And so we're starting to look at that and talk about that and make those connections. And that's really exciting. That makes sense. What what would you consider to be the trending dominant industry in Texas in the future? And both of you can answer this, but is it animation or whatever it is? Like what seems to be the face of the future? Like where is the face of Texas or the industry in Texas heading towards? You know, it's been really interesting Um, over the last couple of years. We've certainly seen a a very big spike in interest as far as folks wanting to build studio facilities and infrastructures that help to kind of integrate all of these new technologies that we're starting to work with in our industries. And so we, we are definitely starting to see, and this is where the crossover is coming in with our 
you know, like Rooster Teeth is a really good example. They're kind of working in all of the different sectors. And through that, they're kind of finding different audiences and seeing how they respond and then creating more content based on all that. And we're definitely seeing that folks want to embrace new technologies and new opportunities and create uh, collaborations with the tech sector that's here in town. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity for cross collaboration and folks are really taking advantage of that. And then it's not even that these new technologies are strictly being used for media production. We've definitely worked with some folks who will provide services to, you know, it might be a VR experience that's for entertainment, but then they'll also design a VR experience for a tour of an oil and gas facility to an oil and gas company, or maybe it's in healthcare, you know, and training in healthcare. So we're seeing that uh, our folks to no one's surprise, are very open to adapting and evolving and working within our own industries, but also with outside industries. Yeah. That's really, I mean, it's not the, the thing that's taking off, but it's a place where we're seeing a huge uptick is the technologies used to create like games and other things are moving into other sectors. We're seeing even sort of manufacturing companies uh, that may have had robotics technologies for welding and things like that have now created robotic cinema arms for cameras, right? Oh, like they're wow. figuring out, it, 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 we're seeing sort of the cross pollination of a lot of different industries. And on any given day, it's really exciting to sort of get to be a witness to all of that and to connect different companies and introduce them it is one of the coolest parts of my job, I have to say. Nice. The versatility and adaptability of the Texas work crew is, is something to be commended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You guys are having, congratulations, your 50-year anniversary. So tell us about what that means and your office's plans to celebrate. Did you get a cake? How did it go? We didn't get cake. Why didn't we get cake? Um, <laughs> you know, we, I think someone's our colleagues sent us cookies, but uh, I think, I don't know, 50 feels like such a, an important milestone and it's hard to sort of, you know, it's hard to compete with giants, classic films like giant in terms of endearment, in terms of like what's next. But I think what's next is continuing to move forward, continuing to champion all of our industries and we will always continue to provide that long list of resources and things that Lindsay talked about when you asked her what we do. But I think what we're looking forward to even more is like, okay, what's next? We're seeing a need for not just us to provide resources, but for people to really sort of form partnerships and to support each other. There are things in our toolkit that we can use to support projects, but can we add value by creating more connections within the community? We're seeing that our community partners are getting much more interested in the work that we do and are are really being creative in how they approach, you know, our creative industries. And 
what they're adding value to when a project wants to come to their town or city. And then of course, infrastructure. It's a need for all media production all over the country and, and the world, but it is a need in Texas. And we're looking at how, how do we create these spaces so productions can make their projects. And I think those are the places we're looking forward to. Also making sure that our crew, like we wanna keep our crew base here and how do we continue to educate and grow and keep our folks from the youngins just starting out to those who are maybe in the later stages of their career and how do we share all that knowledge and to keep the talented crew base that we have and how do we work together with other partners in our community? I feel like the word is partnership. The magic word. <laughs> I said all that to say this. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of words for me talking about partnerships, but I'm sure Lindsay has other thoughts too. Yeah, I was going to say you, you kind of touched on like where you'd like to see the future of the organization. So I feel like Texas is the kind of place that has all of these amazing resources that you would get from these major production markets, but it's still got all of that charm of kind of feeling like a small town, no matter where it is that you're in production. Mm -hmm. And so if we can continue on a path towards what we feel is sustainable growth, I know a lot of times in certain places it can feel like things are growing really fast and it's a little unnerving, but if we can continue to just add step-by-step to our crew, to our equipment, to our resources, without just kind of opening up the floodgates and everything getting a little diluted, I think that it would really set us up for success. And so we try very hard. It's a very big state, but we try very hard to stay in touch, like Stephanie was talking about with those partnerships as far as our film-friendly community contacts or our regional film commissions or our organizations that are kind of industry associations to keep that connective tissue in place because that is something that other markets can't really buy and they always want to know, how do you guys do that there? Places like Atlanta and Albuquerque that kind of grew really, really quickly are now trying to put that community together. And we feel really fortunate because we've had this community for 50 years at least. And um, as long as we can continue to do that kind of growth sustainably, I think it will, we can keep our essence intact. (laughs) Well, I I, I appreciate you keeping the essence of Texas intact, being a fifth generation native Austinite myself, my roots were deep in this town. So I appreciate, (laughs) I appreciate the, the, the concern for, for maintaining a creative space for everyone. So we mentioned earlier about the legislator, uh, the legislative and everything about making the incentives. How can the filmmakers and the general public get more engaged with, with those conversations or is that even possible? It is possible. We as a state agency cannot lobby. So it is our crew, our industry member, our industry stakeholders. It is their responsibility to make their voices loud and heard. Say it again, sister. (laughs) It is their responsibility to make their voices loud and heard. And a good time is any time, not just when the legislature is in session. In fact, with the, the multitude of voices that become amplified for their respective concerns and issues, 
I would actually say that during session may not be the best time, but the first place to start is find out who your representatives are. You know, in the summer, they'll have a lot of downtime because they won't be in session. So it might be a great time to shoot them an email and see if they'll meet with you and you can tell them about your professional work in the media production industries making them hear your stories, not making them hear your stories, but telling them your stories about the work you do in Texas and how important it is, um, is a great place to start. We found a lot of people just don't know that much about our industry. So a lot of what we do during session, we provide information and data and we educate them not only about the work that we do, but what the work that our industries do so that they have a better understanding of why someone's asking for this type of bill for infrastructure or whatnot. And then there are other advocacy groups and trade organizations. If you're a member of a union, your union most certainly has someone doing legwork for them. So you can go through your governing board there. You can, there are advocacy groups like the TXMPA, the Texas Motion Picture Alliance, and they represent all types of industry, creative industry members and they have a governing board made up of industry members. So reaching out to them and sort of finding out what they're about. Different trade organizations like the AICP, which is the Association of Independent Commercial Producers. So that's for our commercial industry folks. They're an organization that supports commercial production, but they also sort of keep tabs on what's happening in their different jurisdictions, not just in Texas. So there are a lot of different organizations and we're happy to sort of share lists of the ones we know about and that, but please get engaged. But it really does start by you telling your story to your own legislators in your district and making sure they know that media production happens there. You live there, you work there, and you want to keep doing your work there. They may just not know. That's the first and easiest place to start. And then we're always sort of keeping people updated on session as it rolls around every other year. So please also sign up for our newsletter and you'll get updates. Excellent. And event information that way. Yeah, we do have an events calendar on our website that has opportunities both virtual and in-person for engaging with some of these organizations that Stephanie's talked about. A lot of times these organizations are really, really good at providing guidance on how to interact with elected officials or community leaders. And by community leaders, it's not just like a city council person or a county commissioner. It's also the folks who are at the Chambers of Commerce or the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And those folks are very engaged with their legislators. And so if you have the ears of you know, the people on the ground in the community, they can help carry that message as well. Very sound. So what is the best, and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but what is the best thing about being the film commissioner <laughs> or the de- and the deputy film commissioner? <laughs> There's a lot that I love. On any given day, the work is completely different. My job is never, ever boring. I love getting to talk to the different representatives from the different projects that want to make their projects in Texas, whether they're locals and they've been working on a project forever, or it's a project that wants to come in because we have the right look for their project. 
I love getting to work with our community partners. I love hearing how much they love their towns. And I feel like my, my Texas geography grows exponentially daily when I meet someone new and hear about where they live and work and why they love it. I love the sort of understanding the policy part and educating our legislators about the work that we do and seeing those light bulbs turn on like oh why wouldn't we build something for media production it's so important I love that I have a staff of right now 10 incredibly passionate people who love film who love media who that we we had to set a few minutes aside in one of our staff meetings weekly so we could talk about what everyone's watching and why they're loving it I love my job, so. And Lindsay? Uh, yeah, I have to agree with a lot of that. I will say clearly I've found a home here in this office um, after being here for 15, 16 years now. And I think the most beautiful thing about it is that it really is kind of this collision of art and commerce. And, you know, we are working with very smart, very bright, very creative people. And we're also helping to create this economic development and these job opportunities. And we're watching these small businesses grow and we're seeing the impact that these industries have on the culture of towns all across the state, um, big, small mid-sized markets. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to be able to get really kind of comprehensive perspective of what's happening in a range of communities on a range of projects and throughout the entire production process. That is amazing. So normally I ask this question of everyone and I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys too. So, uh, and either one of you can answer first, but if there was a movie made about your life, who would play you? Would it be a comedy, a drama, a series, a musical? It gives you a little opportunity to think about yourself. Don't, don't everybody answer at once. <laughs> you know, I should have known this question was coming because I have heard previous yeah. episodes and I have heard you ask <laughs> You should have warned me. It can be anyone. Or, or would it be, or would it at least be a musical or a comedy or a drama or, you know? I think mine would lean towards comedy and I would love it to be a musical. <laughs> I love a good dance number. So go. um, as to who would play me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to borrow her answer in the way that um, my mine would definitely be kind of like a, coming of age adventure you know road movie of sorts where I kind of fall into all these different places and meet a different band of characters and uh you know learn a few things along the way it sounds like a live action Alice in Wonderland yeah <laughs> <laughs> without the drugs without the yeah. drugs but yeah, yeah. the car the cartoon version yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, we definitely have enough locations to make it Wonderland, right? Yeah. Like we can figure it out. 100%. <laughs> oh, well, that's wonderful. I'm glad you guys, well, you know, you, you, you'll think about it and tomorrow you'll be like, oh, I should have said that. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Well, next time, next time we have you on, you'll have an answer for us. So yeah. Think about it. They'll give you something to think about. Talk about it during a party. 
<laughs> where can our listeners uh, find you online or, or go to uh, the official website and contact you guys should they actually need to? We're pretty easy to find. Texasfilmcommission.com on the web, on Facebook and LinkedIn, on Instagram, we're at texasfilm.com. And also Twitter is the same handle as Instagram. And if you come to our website, sign up for our newsletter so you know what we're up to and you'll get insight on our events. For our 50th anniversary year, um, we're planning a lot of different conversations and forums. And hopefully as we get into the fall, some in-person events as well. We would, we've missed seeing everyone's beautiful faces IRL. Hopefully we can uh, get to see some of you again soon. Is there anything specific coming up? Right now, we're still in the virtual forum planning. So if you visit our YouTube channel, Texas Film Commission, we're planning some new virtual forums in the coming months. And those are on our events calendar. Nice. (laughs) And I do want to... um... I do want to give a shout out to our 50th anniversary web page specifically. We have been working on this since the beginning of the year, and we've released these decade by decade editorials that kind of recap what happened in the state and these little 10 year capsules. And it's really fun to kind of revisit those. Um, We also have a place where We'd be happy to hear from folks um, if you want to submit a video talking about your favorite experience working in Texas, why you love working in Texas so much. Um, We'd love to get those anniversary greetings. There's a place to submit for that. And um, we're also doing a lot of fun social media throwbacks celebrating our 50th. Uh, We literally dug in our archives and so it's been really fun to see old letters and photos from productions of the past and we've been including highlights of those on our social media channels and they can find that all on your website yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's big banner up at the top now tfc 50th anniversary Wonderful. Well, everyone out there, please make sure you go and check that out, especially if you're a a Texan filmmaker. That seems like a great resource. So that's going to be our interview for today, ladies. This has been a wonderful conversation. So thank you, Stephanie. And thank you, Lindsay, so much for being here with us today. And we absolutely appreciate you sharing all this information with all our audience. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was our pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you enjoyed our show, please make sure to support us by following us on online and sharing it with your friends. This has been another episode of the With Austin podcast co-presented by With US. We'll see you here on the next episode. Movie Reviews. Hey y'all, what's up? It's Summer and I am back with another scary movie review. I'm so sorry. I've kind of been on a horror genre kick lately and I don't really know why. It kind of goes in waves for me. I'll watch a bunch of horror films and then it'll start getting nightmares. So then I'm like, okay, it's time to stop. Um, And then I'll go back. But it's really my favorite genre. And this film that we're talking about today is called The Ballerina. You can find it on YouTube, which I've come to find out that there are so many incredible short films and indie films on YouTube. I do want to get more into that and watch some more so that I can review them for you guys. 
The movie Ballerina is about a ballerina being haunted by her reflection. It kind of gives me Jordan Peele's Us vibes, especially with the music. And the music was done by Robot Disco Puma. So there's that. It was directed and edited by Aaron Fradkin, starring Valeska Miller. And the visual effects were done by Sam Evanson. And <laughs> throughout the movie, my watch kept telling me to breathe because I just was holding my breath. I was so scared and freaked out because there's absolutely no talking in this film, which makes it even scarier. Everything is done through movement, which I absolutely loved. So no matter what, you're just watching and watching and even though it's an eight minute long film, you're just waiting for something to happen. And then finally it happens. And you're just like, oh my God. Every part of my body was clenched <laughs> because I don't know if I've said this before, but I have a thing with bone cracking. I'll never watch the autopsy of Jane Doe again. I'm sorry, I can't because it just creeps me out, but this movie was beautifully done. It's about eight minutes long and I highly recommend you watch it. I highly recommend you also look into more short films and stuff on YouTube. There are so many things there to watch, so many beautiful films that deserve recognition. And if you can't find it, please let me know if you want to watch it or if you have any more recommendations about YouTube films please let me know. I am open and available and I love reviewing everything. So that is all I have for today. I hope you really enjoyed this movie. If you do watch it again, it's called the ballerina dash short horror film by social house films and have a great day. Bye friends. This episode of the Wift Austin podcast was produced by Kelly Coffey, Chantel James, and Christine Hagen Young. Our editors are Shannon Steffen and Valerie Torres. Summer Hart is our movie review critic. You can find us on the web at wiftaustin.com and on social media at Wift Austin. Thanks for listening, everybody.